This is the Sunday Worship Podcast. Happy New Year and welcome to Sunday Worship on Salvationist Radio. I'm Bethany Gibson and I'll be guiding us through worship today on Covenant Sunday. At the beginning of each new year, the Salvation Army across the UK and Ireland Territory invites people to commit the year ahead to God and live in covenant with him. A covenant is a commitment to a faithful relationship. God is loving and faithful and in response we are invited to love him and love others, to put our faith in him and walk with him each day. So during this time of worship today, you will be invited to formally respond to this invitation. Our Bible message today is from our new territorial leader, Commissioner Paul Main, and he's going to be reflecting on Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 to 11 and 15 to 22, which I will read for us just now. The Covenant of Circumcision When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, 
I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of twelve rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. Happy New Year. Today on this first Sunday of 2024, we have the opportunity to consider the theme of covenant. Our territorial theme for this year is living in God's covenant, our faithful response. Covenant is an interesting word, an interesting concept referred to over 300 times throughout scripture. Probably the easiest example of covenant is that of marriage, where two become one. Janine and I will celebrate 38 years of marriage at the end of this year. The fact that we are still together today goes deeper than the fact that she is incredible or that I am easy to live with. On the 22nd of November 1986, two young people stood in the presence of God and witnessed and promised to each other to love for better for worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish. We believe that the vows we made on that day were a covenant sealed in heaven and we invited Christ to help us, to sustain us and deepen our commitment over the years. And we are grateful that he has. At various times in our marriage, one or the other of us have had to carry the heavier part of the load when our relationship has been tested, when it's had its ups and downs. But we understand that the only way marriage works well is when I'm 100% a loving husband, regardless of how well Janine is wifing, and Janine is 100% a loving wife, regardless of how well I'm husbanding that day or that week. It's not about a conditional love or a contractual agreement. It's a covenanted love, modelled on the love God has for us. A covenant that sets aside selfish demands or performance-based rewards or endless negotiation or getting the upper hand for one's own advantage. In the Bible reading that we read from Genesis, the book of beginnings, we read of a new level of revelation that came to Abraham about the nature and the purpose of God's works. He gained a deeper understanding of his covenant relationship with God and from that understanding moved into a deeper obedience that was sustained by faith in the word of God. One of the amazing things about the story of Abraham is that he didn't do anything to earn the love of God that was being shown to him. Before Abraham ever did anything, leave his country, leave his people, journey to Canaan, build an altar or was circumcised, God spoke to him and offered a covenant. Additionally, as we study the story of Abraham, we learn that he made some serious mistakes, committed outright sins. He lied more than once. He questioned God numerous times. He even tried to help God out by fathering a son from his wife's servant girl, Hagar. And in all of that, God didn't revoke the covenant that he had made to Abraham. In fact, as we Read in Genesis, God continued to speak to Abraham and to draw him more deeply to himself. 
the kind of covenant that God made with Abraham was unlike the agreements that were familiar at the time. Kings made agreements with each other, but they were two-sided, with if-then clauses firmly written in. They were agreements to prevent further war or drain resources or threaten life or limb. God's covenant with Abraham was one of covenanted loving care, a covenant between unequals. For most part, one-sided, with God making all the promises and Abraham gaining the benefits. At the beginning of the chapter, God underscores his greatness, calling himself God Almighty. The Hebrew is El Shaddai, the Lord, the mighty warrior, sufficient in every way. God Almighty, speaking to a mere man, yet promises to give Abraham a huge family. To be the God of all of Abraham's descendants. To give the land of Canaan to his descendants. God means business. He wants Abraham to understand the certainty of the promise. And in the first seven verses of chapter 17 in Genesis, God says seven times, I will. I will confirm my covenant. I will make you fruitful. I will make you a nation of all. I will give you the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession and so on. God signs and seals his covenant in two ways. Firstly, there's a name change. People in the Bible sometimes receive new names from God at the turning points in their lives. Think about Jacob, who becomes Israel. Simon became Peter. Saul became Paul. And here, in verse 5 of chapter 7, Abram, meaning exalted father, has a name change to Abraham, the father of nations. The name change signifies God's promise was being realised. What follows is the second sign of God's covenant. Nothing like Noah's sign this time, a rainbow, or the cutting in half of a cow or a goat or a ram or any other animal. Flesh was to be cut. The tribe of Abraham was to be circumcised. The fulfilment of the promise wasn't down to human effort. For Abraham, circumcision meant surrender. I'm yielding my powers of procreation to God. I'm trusting him with my future. If I am to have descendants enough to be a great nation, it will be God's doing, not my own. Abraham's faith in God's promise is seen by his obedience. Abraham's life was to be a sign pointing to El Shaddai, to the Lord Almighty. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul introduces the theme of God's people being ambassadors. God's people being a signpost to El Shaddai. If you go back to the scripture reading that we read, Abraham responds in a very peculiar way. Firstly, he falls face down. His body language shows great humility. He puts his face in the dirt and then he laughs. The text doesn't support a mocking laugh as this is ridiculous, God but it's a laugh of amazement, an outburst of amazement that God can do this in and through me. And so in that moment, Abraham, face down in the dirt, worships God, amazed at the immeasurably more of God's promises, grasping 
the depth of the covenant. When you really consider the apparent ridiculousness of the whole proposition, God Almighty, the High King of Heaven, El Shaddai, loving you and me, at times we feel insignificant, fickle, awkward, clumsy, and yet God makes possible for us all at his expense to know his deep love. Surely that makes us smile. Surely that brings a laugh from our spirits. Because in all circumstances, as Romans 5 and verse 8, God demonstrates his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians 2 verses 4 to 10 again express a truth that defies logic, that can't help but make us laugh. It says, God so rich in mercy loves us so very much that even while we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. We can't take any credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, not something that we can brag or boast about, for we are God's masterpiece. God creating us anew, afresh in Christ Jesus so that we can know the good and the fullness of life. Notice in the scripture reading the twofold response that was asked of Abraham. Firstly, walk before me and secondly, and be blameless. We need to consider our part. We need to consider our response to God's covenant, to his love, to the life he offers us. The story is told of a chicken and a pig, both having a chat in the farmyard one day. The chicken says to the pig, You know, old Farmer Brown has been so good to us, we should do something really nice for him. The pig replied, You're right, but what? What can we do? I know, said the chicken. We could give him a bacon and egg breakfast. Wait a minute, said the pig, in response to that suggestion. Whilst that's only a contribution from you in the hen house, for me, that's total commitment. Walk before me and be blameless. Albert Osborne expressed this faithful response to living in God's government like this. My life must be Christ's broken bread, my love his outpoured wine, a cup o'erfilled, a table spread beneath his name and sign, that other souls refreshed and fed may share his life through mine. My all is in the master's hand for him to bless and break, Beyond the brook his winepress stands, and thence my way I take. Resolved, the whole of love's demands, to give for his dear sake. Lord, let me share that grace of thine, wherewith thou dost sustain, the burden of the fruitful vine, the gift of buried grain. Who dies with thee, O word divine, shall rise and live again. We're called not to live for ourselves or to further our own agenda, but to live under the authority of Christ. Paul has much to say, an encouragement in his letters about how we respond. 
He writes, Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. So that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised again. Living in covenant is not an event, a day or a moment in time. It's for life. Walk before me and be blameless. Therefore, I urge you, says Paul in Romans 12, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. In view of God's mercy, in view of God's saving grace, in view of God's unchanging promises, in view of his faithfulness, respond to this covenant by living faithfully for him. A chorus that I sang many, many years ago that still today is a prayer in my heart. All my days and all my hours, all my will and all my powers, all the passion of my soul, not a fragment but the whole, shall be thine, dear Lord, shall be thine, dear Lord. May that be so for us on this Covenant Sunday. God bless you.
That was Una Voce singing Take My Life, words that are very familiar. Take my life and let it be, consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Is this your prayer today? Is this something you can give to God in 2024? What is your response to our faithful God? What habits might flow from a sacred commitment, a covenant relationship with Jesus? What behaviours might you need to lay aside? What perspective might you take as you look around and look within? If you'd like to formally respond and sign your covenant card at the beginning of this new year, to respond to God's invitation to be in relationship with him, you can visit salvationist.org.uk forward slash covenant Sunday to download this year's card. We have a loving God, a God who wants to be with us. We've just celebrated this at Christmas. He is here in these moments. Take time to respond. prayer inspired by Hebrews 10 verses 11 to 25. Faithful God, in love you created all things, in love you gave us life, in love you washed us clean, in love you brought us to yourself. Awaken our minds to remember your goodness and draw our hearts to trust in your unending kindness. In love, we choose you. In love, we set our hopes on you. In love, we draw near to you. In love, we share you with a broken world. Renew us by your spirit to live faithful lives, devoted in prayer and joyful in hope, lavish in kindness and generous in unity, to the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died to open for us the way to new life. Amen. Thank you for joining us in worship today. Be sure to check out salvationist.org.uk for further resources and reading this Covenant Sunday. And now a benediction from Ephesians 3 to set us off in this new year. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, 
to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.